Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. And the angel of the Lord led him out. I mean, they walked. They walked right out of the prison. How would you like to do that? I mean, you know, you have somebody locked up. And you get up the next morning and everything is still secure. All the locks are still in place. But they gone. No tunnels. No nothing. Everything just like it was. See, that's the power of prayer. That's what prayer can do. Thank you for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. It's good to know you're back with us. We enjoy ministering to you through God's Word. Ken Hagen is continuing his great message, Prayer, the Power Plant of the Church. When we come back, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer, the Overflow Package. It's full of good things for you. Right now, let's join Ken Hagen for today's message. Hezekiah prayed. And the army that had them surrounded, they had a plague and strike them. You can read that in 2 Kings 19. And then Hezekiah prayed again. And this time he added, he got 15 years added to his life. Then a fellow by the name of Jabez. Jabez means suffering, sorrow, defeat so to speak. He prayed, he said, 1 Chronicles 4, Enlarge my coast that thine hand might be upon me, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And God granted him his request. See, his mother bore him in sorrow and defeat and so forth, and so she called him Jabez. That's what his name means. How would you like to be walking around and every time you open your mouth, every time somebody says, what's your name? You say, defeat, sorrow, misery, that's me. That's what his name meant. Jabez prayed and said, Lord, change this mess. Enlarge my coast. Man, I'm all hemmed in here. Enlarge this thing, so forth and so on. Daniel prayed. Now, Daniel prayed for the restoration of his beloved city, Jerusalem. It had been laying in ashes since Nebuchadnezzar had come in and taken it over. And this man of God prayed diligently. And he got to live to see King Cyrus make the decree that permitted all Jews to return and build that beloved city. He prayed. Is it possible if he, if he had not prayed for the restoration and rebuilding of Jerusalem that it might not have happened? I don't know. John Wesley says that God, it seems that God can do nothing for man unless he prays. It seems that that 
from the word of reading the word of God that that's the way that God has set it up. Ask and you shall receive. Pray and believe. Now Peter was put in jail and they were going to execute Peter but the church prayed. And when the church prayed, the angel of the Lord visited Peter and uh, took him out of the jail. Now, when they got there the next morning and Peter was gone, they could find no, no locks that had been jimmied. They found no bars that had been sawed off or anything else. Peter would just go. He wasn't in the prison no more. I mean, here is a man that was in the, in the dungeon down in there. And I want you to notice that this, this man was so, had his faith so in God that the angel had trouble getting him awake to get him out of there. Go read the story. I mean, he's sawing logs. Y'all understand what that means? Like a sawmill. And the angel of the Lord led him out. I mean, they walked. They walked right out of the prison. How would you like to do that? I mean, you know, you have somebody locked up. And you get up the next morning and everything is still secure. All the locks are still in place. But they're gone. No tunnels. No nothing. Everything just like it was. See, that's the power of prayer. That's what prayer can do. Habakkuk prayed for revival. He said, revive us. Revive thy work. I wonder today if we don't need to pray for revival. We've had a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now I've had the privilege to live long enough to see the power of God in action in the 40s, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I've noticed with each outpouring of the Spirit of God, people began to let it slip away. Charismatics, we've been around long enough that we got our own tradition and it's worse than the tradition that we came out of. I'm wondering if we're not choking in the smoke rather than being alive in the fire. Let us pray for revival. 
Jesus began to pray and stir up those smoldering embers until once again they become a flame of fire with the anointing and the power of God in manifestation. Sure, we're willing to move on. Sure, we need to move on. Sure, different eras run their course. But so many times, we do not know how to pray and stir up the revival fires to move on with God. In the middle 1940s, the pillars of the church had passed from the scene with Smith Wigglesworth and many, many more than you could name. And it was at this time while many said, what are we going to do without these great men of God? these great preachers that have carried the, the torch. While many wrung their hands and said, what are we going to do? Other young ministers began to pray. You know some of them's name, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, William Branham, many, many more. And when it seemed that the fire had died and there was nothing but smoldering embers and smoke, out of that rose the mighty healing revival, 1947. But it was burst in prayer. I've heard my dad talk about it many, 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 many times. I remember as a third grader, my first semester of the third grade, we pastored a church in Van, Texas. We'd been there, that's where I started school. I went to school there my first, second, and half of my third grade year. But I remember dad spending hours in the church praying. I remember that we would all get ready for church and then we would leave the house. He would come out of the prayer, out of the little room there, it was just a Sunday school room. He would come to the house to get ready. We'd go out to the church. He'd come on the platform, he'd preach to the people, minister, and go back into that room to pray. I remember that it was then that he left and went into the ministry that he's been in for all of these years. I was born. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. 
Right now, I want to tell you about this month's special offer, the Overflow Package. These tools are designed to lead you into the overflowing goodness of God where you're destined to live above life's limits. So if you feel like you've been missing out on God's best, you can change that. Call 1-888-324-8499. That's 1-888-324-8499. Or 1-888-FAITH99 to order the Overflow Package. Call now and get this dynamic special offer. Don't delay. Call today. 1-888-FAITH99. That's 1-888-FAITH99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I want to thank all of you that have partnered with us. As we look at, at what we're doing around the world, I mean, 191 Bible training colleges yes. in 46, 47 nations, and all of our crusades, and all of the churches that have started out of the graduates of all of those schools now. It's just fantastic. Everybody that's a part of the Word Partner Club member, well, you say, well, what's that do? Well, it's somebody that sends in a donation once a month. Yes. And some are small, some are large, some are mid-sized, but when they all come together, it helps us to do the crusades. It helps us to keep all of these schools going where people are graduating. The sun does not set on a student training in a Rama Bible Training College. That's right. And it helps to send the Word of Faith out. It helps to Our send magazine. the Word of Faith magazine out. So I, we just want to thank all of you. Next week, Ken Hagen continues his series on prayer, the power plant of the church. So join us Monday for Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.